Many of you know, if you don't, this is not intended to be a reminder, but Wendy and I are actually uh, retiring uh, in a few months, and one of the things that we're doing, I don't know that you did it, but we're realizing that we've got all kinds of accounts that we don't need, all kinds of little things here and there, maybe music accounts or things that we purchased over the years, maybe one time five years ago. The account's still there, and it's still, here's the key, it's password protected. So I've been running this sheet at home, this, you know, this, this, this um, delete, hold on to, delete, keep, all these different accounts. And I'm amazed at all these things that are password protected. As a matter of fact, and you know this, they're protected so well, I can't even get into them. But I can't explain it. As a kid, I wanted safety. As a kid, I wanted a quiet, safe place, protected place to be, and I've carried that over into my adulthood as well. And it's not just the computer, although many of you know I am kind of a digital computer kind of person, but also, again, it's related to me working out in the garage. I've been working out in the garage, in the closets, and realizing I've got all these keys that don't have a lock, and all these locks that don't have a key. Tom? I'm thinking, what am I going to lock up with those? But I have a tendency. I have an inner kind of an uh, uh, inner urge to lock it all up. Why? I know this illustration sounds kind of a negative, but it's not at all. I'm just saying the way a lot of us are. We don't really think about it. We don't really articulate it. But we're used to protection. I've got a slide in here, that's later, of this hand that's reaching through a computer trying to grab a guy's wallet. We're used to, we're just that way. It's not like we mean to be at the, uh, at the cost of keeping other people out, but it does happen. So as we think about a shelter, as we think about protection, as we think about safety, Brandon, would you come and would you read to us a very interesting story from the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, beginning with the 28th verse, please. Jesus challenges his closest friends. About, after eight, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered in the cloud. A voice from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, 
they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to you, our rock, our shelter, our protection, our strength, our Redeemer. Amen. I'm convinced that most people I know would rather have an open-door policy. Honestly, I don't know that many people that readily and initially are going to just slam their door or lock it in the face of anyone, stranger or friend. So most of us kind of have that open... In other words, we just talked about it, didn't we, Helen? It's, it's hard, especially in this congregation. We're used to loving on each other and listening to each other and hugging on each other again, and 20 minutes later, it's Sunday morning, we're hugging on each other still. We always say if we, if we didn't stop it and get moving with the worship service, we'd still be here from last week, hugging on one another. We kind of, most of us, have that natural open-door policy, but it's hard to have. I'll speak for myself, even though I think I know you, but I'll speak for myself, all right? Um, I like having an open-door policy. I like being a friendly guy. I like, you know, uh, having that kind of openness to be able to just hug on everybody and welcome people into the church, into my home, or whatever. But we run into situations where somebody is dangerous, where somebody's trying to get at us, where somebody's trying to get into the church and who knows do what. We've had situations here right outside. They have not been pretty, my friends. We've had to call the police, and we'll have to call the police again. I don't know how many people here. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I already know. There's a lot of you who've already had your identity stolen. Might happen again. We do the best we can to protect our stuff, is what I'm trying to say. The hard thing is, how do we protect our stuff, and at the same time, how are we open and willing and loving at the same I mean, it's just, for me, especially in my career, it's been a hard line to kind of balance myself on. One of my favorite spiritual writers is Henry J.M. Nowen, and he, he actually has a, a book, a section of a book. Uh, I believe the book is Reaching Out. Yeah, I don't know if anybody here has read that before, but he talks about, the, about being open, about being willing, about not being so protective of our things that we shut people out. Those of you who know me well know that I'm an expert at knowing what to say, figuring out what I'm going to say while you're speaking. Right, babe? I'm real good at having it all figured out. Except before I say anything, I go, what'd you say? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a thing where I'm protecting myself. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, Protecting my space. Nolan would say that we don't mean to, but we protect our space, our personal space, whether it's our mind or whether it's actually spatial or it's our heart. We do that and to the cost of shutting other 
people out. And he's right. I keep going back and reading that. I haven't learned yet, though, have I, babe? I need to keep reading that book. He says, he calls it hospitality. He says, hospitality means primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. It's one of the chapters in one of my favorite books by now in Reaching Out. If you want to borrow it, you've got three months. Vicki, you want to borrow it? I just have to have it back in my hands in, a, in about ten weeks or so. All right? Yeah. It's one of those books, and it's one of those areas of the book where you read it and you go, God, that sounds like me. It sounds like he's describing me. Shelter, though. Safety. Shelter, safety, protection, I think is a very good message for us to take with us as we begin the season of Lent. I know not all of us grew up with Lent. I know that. If the word Lent and the tradition of Lent kind of gets in the way for you, fine. Go ahead and drop it. This is that time of year where, where the church kind of reminds us that now's a good time to stop, drop, and pray, but also stop, drop, and do kind of a self-examination. Easter's coming up. Are there things in my personal life that are not good? I could tell you, but you could get a better answer asking my wife, Wendy. Are there things that God really would like me to do differently? Are there things that I do or tendencies or beliefs or thoughts that, that are a part of my life where I don't realize it until later that all I'm doing is just walking away from God? I'm just getting away from Him. I'm just putting distance between the two of us. Lent is about closing the distance. It's not about purple. I see purple up there. It's not about the tradition since the 4th century. It's really not about all the, 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 the different things that, that we kind of get bogged down with. It's about that distance between us and God and each other. It's about closing the distance. That's really what it's all about. I call it Lent for shorthand. We have a couple of uh, people in this room who are preachers and have been preachers for years. And you are probably saying to yourself, well, wait a minute, Pastor Mike, that was the scripture that the church chose for last week. You're right, it is. But since when do I do anything by the book? Last week, by the way, we talked about carrying our cross. Remember? We talked about standing in our lane. We talked about the fact that God calls us to, to um, get into this thing we call Lent. And think about carrying this cross. Think about maybe putting aside these things that get in the way and, and taking our time and doing things that bring us not only closer to God, but closer to each other. We started out, we actually started a week early. I kind of snuck that in there on you. We started out a week early. We're talking about God. We're talking about God through Christ Jesus as our shelter today to remind us that we don't have to travel this journey alone. We not only travel the journey with each other, but we travel the journey with Christ right there with us. This really is a story about shelter, 
Scholars have argued about it, and they'll continue to argue about it for years, what it actually meant. When did it happen? Did it happen before Jesus was crucified and then raised to new life? Or, or some agree that it was a post-resurrection. I know that's kind of a big word. After he was raised from the dead, there are people that, that think this event happened. Peter, James, and John on a high mountain, and Jesus' whole his whole, his whole uh, appearance changes before them. But the important thing for us today, there's that picture of that high mountain. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And Luke puts in here kind of an editorial comment. The poor guy. He didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know what else to say. He felt like he needed to blurt out something. That was Peter. He didn't know what he was talking about. I don't know if there's a whole lot of difference in Peter and me. Tell you the truth. Peter saw something wonderful, something lovely, something beautiful, something confusing, something mysterious, something worth, here's the key, something worth holding on to. Something worth keeping safe. Something worth protecting. That's what Peter saw. And this is my opinion, and I get to tell you because I'm the guy with the microphone today. I think he was trying to protect something beautiful. Something from getting away from him. A holy moment where he thought, I'm not letting this slip away. I'm just going to protect it and hold on to it all that I can. And all I'm doing today is grabbing a hold of that image and that idea and saying to you all, yeah, last week we talked about we got to be diligent. It could be tough carrying that cross. But today I want to remind us all that we have the one and only true shelter of Jesus Christ Himself to walk with us and to protect us and to shelter us during this time. we got six weeks to go. Only six weeks to go. We're going to be talking more, not, not today, but we are going to be talking a little bit more uh, this week, this week in, digitally via email, and also next week in this sermon. We're going to be talking a lot more about some of the things that people do for Lent. I grew up with it. I grew up with, with pushing some things aside and then doing other things in my life to, to close the gap between me and the Lord. I grew up with that, but I know that a lot of you did not. So I know that there are those of us in the room still trying to figure out, oh, Pastor Mike, this is a great message, but what should I be doing? What could I do? I don't know. We're going to work together on that. But remember the message last week? Whatever it is, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Whatever you do does not have to be like the person on your left or your right or the person behind you. How do you figure that out? Start asking God today. Oh God, oh God, dear Jesus, my shelter. First of all, oh God, I love you and I accept you as my shelter. Now, would you reveal this thing to me? Reveal these things that I need to do with my life. Just as you revealed to Peter. You revealed to Peter that he was headed in the wrong direction and he needed to start thinking 
about holy and lovely things, just like he had seen on that holy mountain. I have that there for one reason. If Paige was up here, she'd go, because it's cute. That's why I have that there. I typed in Google, I typed protect, and that came up. There's the big dog protecting the little dog. It's not a bad thing, my friends. We all, most of us, have a tendency to protect things because we value protection. We value safety. We value things that shelter us. As we travel the long Lenten journey, is it not a good time to value the Lord Himself who indeed shelters us? 